All right, hello, and welcome to episode two of Stories of the Norse. I am apologizing here and now for being so late with this episode. Believe me, I have been trying to get recording, but life is just picked up in a chaotic mess. Um, thank you all. We are about at 73 listens as at this moment. That's amazing. You, you, I cannot explain how grateful I am for you guys. I'm a very small podcast, and that's that's obvious at this point, but 73 of you are listening from all over the world, and, well, whether it's a group of five or thousands of you, I, I'm... I'm really happy. You guys you guys have really pushed me to continue recording. And thank you. Thank you a lot. Uh, this is episode two. We will be going over Yggdrasil, or the world tree. Please enjoy. Hello, welcome back. As the intro said, this episode is the episode based around Yggdrasil, or the world tree. What was I going... Oh, that's what I was going to do. A rehash of the last episode, the creation tale. Uh, we started with Muspelheim, Niflheim, and the mist between Ginnugagap. We carried on to the creation of giants and the creation of gods. Uh, they created Midgard and Jotunheim. And from there, we're moving on to the world tree. Now, the world tree is... How do, how do we think of this? On a cosmic level... Each world is a small portion of the tree, if that makes sense. Imagine everything we know being one realm inside this ginormous tree. Crazy, right? <laughs> Moving on, this ginormous tree is home to very, very many creatures. Some of the most important are the eagle that sits at the top, who flaps its wings, and creates earthquakes, winds, tornadoes, all these sorts of events. A dragon at the bottom, whose name is Nidhogg, who chews on the roots of Yggdrasil and hopes to one day break the tree. And there is also this giant squirrel, Ratatosk, who carries insults up and down from both the eagle and the dragon at the bottom, from one another, hoping to hurt the opposite. Imagine um, the courier of these messages, if that makes sense. There are also a few debated animals in them. Uh, some include bees, stags, Hedrun the goat, who gnaws at the shoots of Yggdrasil, and four stags who sit in the world tree. Now, all these animals in this great big tree cause a lot of stress on this tree. And so, to keep it from dying, these three women, the Norns, take care of it. Now, the Norns control the fates of, of everything. Everything from the worlds themselves to the beings within the worlds. Even the gods. The gods aren't immortal. They are destined to die. But they live much longer. 
it it, it um brings a sort sense of incoming doom to Norse mythology, which it's one of the reasons why I I enjoy reading the myths so much. Now, these three fates are named Urd, who is fate, Verthandi, who is being, and Skuld, who is need. Uh, These fates care for Yggdrasil by rubbing clay within the roots to care for it, and as well as taking water from many of the wells that fall at Yggdrasil's roots and watering the tree. Now, one of these wells comes back in a later story. It's actually going to be the next episode we discuss, but for now, these pools carry all the knowledge of the realms. Moving on, there are nine realms in the world tree. These are... These are set in three layers, almost. At the top are Asgard, Vanaheim, and Midgard. In the middle are Jotunheim, Alfheim, and Nidvalir. And at the bottom are Niflheim, Helheim, and Muspelheim. These these realms all contain different sorts of creatures, uh, beings, and also they all have a unique feature to them. Uh, some of these features include, for Asgard... Asgard is the home of the Aesir. It's it's a world of many, many holds. Great, huge buildings made for gods themselves. For feasting, living, enjoying the time they have. These, these, these holds are said to be made of gold and ore and jewels and all beautiful things. There is... An afterlife within Asgard called Valhall, or commonly known Valhalla. It is the home of the honorable dead who are slain in battle and chosen. That is an emphasis I need to emphasize. Chosen by Odin himself. They don't just die and go to Valhalla. They are chosen by Odin. They are brought there by these beautiful women called Valkyries. Finally, there is a bridge from Asgard to Midgard called the Bifrost, which is guarded by the god Mid- uh, why was I about to say Midgard? It's guarded by the god Heimdall. Now, this ginormous bridge is one made of many lights, a rainbow bridge. If you've seen Thor, imagine that, but much, much bigger, and it doesn't actually have a teleporter at the end of it. Who knew? <laughs> That was a joke. I hope you guys know that was a joke. It's... it... yeah. Now, Vanaheim. Vanaheim is this world of nature. The one of, not, not exactly a wild world, but a very natural, outdoors kind of world. This is the home of the Vanir, the nature gods. Oh, I forgot to say that. In Asgard, the Aesir are the war gods, and the Vanir are the nature gods. Um, This is a world of pure nature. Large trees, lakes, mountains, fields. All of these beautiful sights are to be seen there. There is another... There is another Hall of the Dead, called Folkvanger. It is in this large, open field. And the hall itself is called Sestrumnir. It is a hall of many seats that... Freya resides in. She's the goddess 
that resides in Folkvanger. Now, those those honorably slain that aren't chosen by Odin go to Folkvanger and train in the great fields waiting for Ragnarok, such as the Nhergi in, uh, in, as, in Valhalla. Next is Midgard, which is our world. You probably already know it well. It's a very different world. We live in this world that used to be godly, but still has that residue. As, ex- as, as, ex- as it is explained in the myths, Midgard is a higher-up world because the humans themselves are descended from Odin. We, we are descended from many gods, actually, but those are stories that will continue on later. In the next layer is Jotunheim. Jotunheim belongs to, of course, the Jotuns. We went over this in the creation myth. The, it is one of the oldest realms. And it is... Imagine Vanaheim, but when I say giant, I don't mean giant to us. I mean giant to the giants. This wild, overtaken world of nature is home to the Jotuns. It is... Well, very dangerous, for one. There are many creatures that roam it, and very... Very many giants, not frost nor fire giants, just giants, but still huge giants. Next is Alfheim, the world of light. It is a kingdom of Vanir, er, well, of a Vanir, Frey. Frey is the god of nature in summer, and it is the home of the light elves, or the light elves, the... Well, the pointy-eared fellows in Lord of the Rings, or in any fantasy tale... Now, before we continue on, I I need to explain one thing so I don't rant about it later. Elves in Norse mythology are not just the pointy-eared fellows. Alfs, as they're called, consist of light elves, dark elves, and dwarves. Now, dark elves and dwarves are are, are similar, but dark elves, or spart elves, are descended from Freya, Frey's twin sister, while dark elves are, uh, not dark elves, while dwarves are common dwarves. Now that we've got that over with, we'll continue on with Alfheim. Alfheim is a world of light, and a beautiful yet orderly world. Imagine castles that are beautifully constructed, yet blending in with nature at the same time. Order in chaos, as I like to say. Next is Nidavellir, which is home of the elves, the Svart elves, the dark elves, and well, or as the dwarves. There are many underground caves there. Well, it is underground caves. It is it is ginormous networks of caves underground. These beings that live within it have adapted to the dark, and as such, don't really leave the caves. They are beautiful craft craftsmen, and they've made beautiful things such as weapons for the gods, jewelry for the gods. They have made bindings and chains for certain beasts and beings. And in one of these caverns, there is a great forge. This great forge is where many dwarves go to create these these beautiful pieces of work. 
One location in Nidavellir is also Svartalheim, which is a larger kingdom of Svartos. Next is Niflheim, Niflheim, one of the coldest realms. It's the one we went over in the beginning. It's the home of Frostjotuns, uh, ginormous beings of ice and mist. It holds... Well, it holds many halls and ports, but... There is one port in particular that holds this giant ship that is being built from nails. And not... Not iron nails. I'm talking about toenails and fingernails from all the dead beings. And I mean all the dead beings. Actually, the Norse people used to trim their toenails and their fingernails after death to keep from adding nails to the ship. This ship is called Naglafar, the ship of nails. And it is said to one day when the bonds of Ragnarok break to be piloted by Loki and holds the armies of Helheim. Fun, right? Next is Helheim. Helheim is... Well... It's the final realm. It is commonly called Hell, but people have switched over to calling it Helheim to not confuse it with the goddess herself, Hell. In this, it holds ginormous rivers, and across one spans a bridge that leads to the underworld. This river is called Gyol. It is guarded by a giantess, or in some myths, a large hound. In Helheim, you are judged by the goddess of death. She sends those she sends those who have lived evil lives to wander the depths of Helheim, always cursed to wander about and look for a purpose yet never find one. Or, for those who have died average deaths, she will host them. She keeps these beings who have sadly passed from ever being tired or hungry, and she keeps them in her hall. Now, another final realm, which, this is sort of a barren wasteland, is Muspelheim. A world of flame and fury, home of the fire giants, the fire Jotuns. It is a hellish landscape of mountains of ash, lakes of fire, and lava. Boundless and traversed by the worst of the worst, this realm is chaotic and messy. One of these beings that that wanders the realm is named Sirter. He is a lord of flame, and he is one of the many beings to cause chaos at Ragnarok. Now... We've gone over all these realms, and I'd like to start ranting, as I normally do after going through all my notes. First off, let's start with the Nords. Now, the Nords take care of this this ginormous tree, as well as take care of the fates of... (laughs) My apologies. Tonight, I'm a bit tongue-tied, if you can't tell already. It's, It's very late, and I'm putting my nose to the grindstone so to say. As I was saying, these fates control both the fates of everything and help keep safe Yggdrasil. I I like how in some of the myths they are held to a very mysterious tone. If that that makes sense. Um, In some myths they're followed by 
by large uh, clouds of smoke. Others, they're so tall that their hoods cover their faces in shadows. They are sometimes said to be giantesses, other times said to be the size of common mortals. But they're always shrouded in mystery. Next up is the, the beasts in the tree. The three main ones I'd like to go over are Rathatosk, Nidhogg, and the Nameless Eagle. These three beasts are always fighting, always constantly fighting. They, they represent the struggle between realms as well as the struggle in the realms themselves. Um, say, for instance, natural disasters that are caused by the giant eagle flapping its wings or the endless rotting of the realms that is represented by Nidhogg. There's also the the anger that's represented by Rethatosk that lies within us all. It's always, there's always going to be conflict brewing in the realms. That is always how it will be. That is always how it's destined to be until finally one day the big red button resets everything. Um, carrying on, I'd like to talk about the realms themselves. Mainly, I'd like to talk about the afterlives. There is one afterlife that I did not mention yet. And that is the afterlives of the sea. There are two in particular. Now, before I get to those, I am I'm ranting. And I hope you all enjoy my ranting because there will be lots of it with this series. The two main gods of the sea. Well, there are three. The three main gods of the sea are Ran, Aegir, and Nord. Njord. Njord is a Vanir who takes care of sailors and boats. Now, the other two are Jotun deities. Jotun deities are giant beings who have ascended to godhood. Aegir is the god of the waves and sea. Ran is the goddess of lost things in the sea. There are two afterlifes within the ocean for these beings. These beings have married and made a sort of arrangement. For those lost in a sea storm they go to run in her ginormous net she collects all the trinkets and trash in the sea and keeps it in her net some of those unlucky few are those lost at sea others who die honorable deaths at sea go to Aegir. Aegir is a great brewmaster who in his palace under the sea brews mead and welcomes his guests to the hall now, these two have nine daughters who represent the chaos of the ocean. They are the nine waves of the sea. Now, all these, all these afterlives sort of count on eventful deaths. It's, I, I like to connect it back to when the Vikings went on raids. They would go sailing and some of them would be lost at sea or... Some of them would be lost in battle across seas. And it, it holds a sort of mysterious aura to it. How someone could go away and never come back and you wouldn't know, would you? It, um, it holds a permanence in Norse mythology. Um, there's, there's something about Vikings that some people don't get is that Yes, Vikings did awful things. I am not excusing what they did. Vikings did some awful things. But there were some Vikings, most Vikings actually, who went to lands to settle. 
Norway was a very barren land. Not barren, just hard to farm. And so to find easier places to farm and live, the Norse people sent some of their people across seas. Now they had to fight, they had to purchase, they had to barter, and they had to settle. The Vikings were settlers as well as raiders. Continuing on back to what I was talking about, the afterlives. Three of the afterlives count on having eventful deaths in combat that are honorable. Or not always in combat. Some myths say you've got to be in combat and die with a weapon in your hands. Others say that you just have to have lived an honorable life. I like to think it's a little bit of both. That's just my take on it. The other two... The other two afterlives make me a little sad. Ransnet especially, seeing as how those souls have been lost and will be lost for the rest of time. And then there's... Sorry, I popped my knuckles. I probably shouldn't do that. I apologize for any background noise. It uh, it's, it's hard to soundproof where I'm at right now. Continuing on. I forgot what I was saying. Ah, that's what I was saying. Um... Some of the afterlives makes me sad because it's it's almost quite boring how some people go about their afterlives. Um, one thing is, at Ragnarok, those who have died honorable deaths also fight against those who didn't. And that's another thing that makes me sad. It's almost as if those who didn't die honorable deaths lose who they are and become husks, zombies, skeletons for gods and goddesses to control if i'm getting any of this wrong please correct me but that's just again my take uh, final thing i like to go over is the chaos and the the opposites of the world there are there are two opposites in particular muspelheim and um muspelheim and niflheim these two are the hottest and coldest realms, and yet they contain giants. It 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 makes them hardy. It 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 hardens them and makes them rough beings, and it it makes you think: What if the giants swap positions with gods and mortals? What if instead of elves and svart elves and light elves, there were giants, frost giants, and uh, fire giants? In these dark and beautiful and wild realms. Anyway, this was my episode. This was my second episode. This one was a bit rough. I apologize for that. I keep apologizing and I'm going to start actively working on not apologizing. But this one took me a bit and I do need to apologize for that. Hopefully the third episode won't take as long. But... That was the episode. Uh, the info for these notes and speakings came from various books, some of which are children's books, books on Norse mythology, both study guides and religious te texts, uh, the poetic eddas, hafamal, and various media and entertainment sources. Now, if you have any questions or concerns, comments, discussions you'd like to have, please contact me at einarspeaks at gmail.com that is with a capital E, or 
my my Instagram account, Stories of the Norse Podcast, no capitals, no spaces. Thank you so much for your ears. Safe travels to all. And have a good night, you guys. You guys you guys mean so much to me. It's it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for your support. And I wish you all safe travels.